You're listening to Staying in the Game, a Plum Dragon Herbs podcast where we have conversations about mindset and techniques for staying at the top of your game. I'm your host, Janelle Leatherwood. Welcome to our show, Dan Dominguez. We're really excited to have you here. And I'm just wondering if you could briefly introduce yourself to our guest today. Hi, um, thank you for having me, Janelle. My yeah. name is Dan Dominguez. I'm a sports-oriented acupuncturist in Buffalo, New York. Um, my background is in exercise science and strength and conditioning. Uh, I was a college football player uh, who unfortunately suffered some injuries er- late in my career that that kind of shifted my mindset on health and wellness, and uh, I was introduced to acupuncture that way. So I have a, a integrative practice here in Buffalo with um, sports massage, sports chiropractic, and another acupuncturist. And so we service the Buffalo area, and I'm also the team acupuncturist for the Buffalo Bills. Okay, yeah, that is so exciting. And I'm sure that it's exciting for you because with your background in sports as well, to be able to work with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's, it was kind of, it was a dream of mine when I, when I set out my goals, you know, eight years ago when I graduated. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to do a few things, and one of the, the one at the top was definitely to work with professional athletes, and primarily my sport, which is college. You know, I played college football. Um, as I didn't make it as an athlete, I'm I'm very happy to have have made it on the health and wellness side for these guys, and being able to feel like I'm a part of the game on Sunday is mm-hmm. is huge for me. Oh, that is that is so cool. So tell me, what exactly happened? You broke your leg when you were playing college football? Yeah, so my senior year of college, um, during fall camp, so it was August 9th of 2000 and, uh, 2009, I uh, was running to catch a pass, and in the back of the end zone, there was a metal wagon. Um, so it's right on the, on the back end line and the quarterback overthrew me in the end zone. And as I went to catch the pass, I'm running full speed, looking back, I, I hit this wagon and shattered my, uh, oh my, my tibia and fibula. So it was a, a compound fracture, um, career ending injury on the, on the spot. So as I came out of my surgery, my doctor, he was like, you know, we're going to try to, we're going to try to save your leg. We're going to try to sit, you know, have you walk without a limp, but there's, you know, it's very, unlikely that you play football again and you know he was right it was it was a career-ending injury uh and through that process i ended up having seven surgeries um due to infections and just uh hardware replacements so um i have a rod in my tibia and two screws in in my ankle and um they had to skin graft the the leg shut because it w- was too too swollen uh, to close on impact just due to the trauma that I, I sustained. So as I was recovering, that's from so that devastating. Injury, oh my goodness! Yeah, it was. You, you know, you wake up that morning, and, and I'm a college athlete who, you know, I felt like I had really elite athleticism, and then the next day it's gone, and uh, and so that was that was tough as a 21 year old too to face that and, and face that adversity. But I always tell people when I tell them the story that the best thing that ever happened to me was breaking my leg because it allowed me to find my passion, which is, is Chinese medicine and particular acupuncture. And so I look at it with a grain of salt and, and look at it like it was a blessing in disguise at the moment, you know, I was devastated. But when I look back on it, it started me on this journey 
towards health and wellness that that I'm on now. My uncle, um, his name's Rick Warren. He is an acupuncturist in uh, Rochester, New York. And he treated me after I broke my leg, probably about three months after. So it was after my last surgery. I still had a ton of swelling in my leg. I was uh, unable to to walk without a limp. Um, I couldn't toe raise. I couldn't uh, get onto my toes. I just had a lot of weakness there. And mm-hmm. it, was staying, it was right around this time, about 10 years ago. And uh, I remember getting my first treatment and it was like, I had this disconnect from my leg. All of a sudden nothing hurt. There was no, you know, there was no pain that, that I felt in my brain. It was like, it just didn't exist. You could have cut my leg off. That's what it felt like. Um, and he treated me a couple of times that weekend. By the end of the weekend, I was, I was walking normal. I was uh, able to get up on my toes, get up on my heels. Like I had strength back in my leg and the swelling was significantly decreased. So he actually taught me how to needle myself sent me back to school with a box of needles and Sharpie marks all over my leg. And uh, he gave me Chinese herbs and um, supplements to take. And he said, do this every day. And and you're, you know, as much as you can, and you will heal and you will heal fast. And, and I mean, it was a turning point in my healing. Um, and I really started to progress again. So much so that I actually went in for a checkup with my doctor one month later, and he slapped up my x-rays and, and he thought, um, that the, there was a, a, an immense amount of healing that occurred in one month that he normally doesn't see. And he actually asked me, you know, are you taking HGH? And, uh, and I was like, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just getting acupuncture and taking mm-hmm. some Chinese herbs. And he totally kind of laughed me out of the room and he was like, it's not that, you know, and he was like, you should stop taking that HGH. It's not good for you. Oh my Cause it was that profound of healing. And it's not something that I can reproduce in clinic because you don't get a chance to treat someone as often as I was treating myself. But um, it showed me the power of this medicine. And, uh, you know, as an athlete, to be able to help other athletes that are in pain mm-hmm. and help them get back to their goals. I, I saw it right then in that, in, that, uh, in that office. Like, I was like, he just has no idea. You know, it's limited. Like, his, his mindset is he just thinks linearly and and. Um, I, that's when I decided I was going to go to acupuncture school and a funny story is, uh, years later, uh, I started the acupuncture program for the university of Rochester, their sports medicine department. And, uh, I had an, a, a medical doctor come in and shadow me. He was from my school. Uh, and it was a new team team doctor. And, uh, he was like, yeah, we want to integrate acupuncture into our, into our physical therapy for our athletes. And, um, you know, I was referred to come see you specifically. And I was like, you know, it was a funny story. I was like, you know, it's funny that the the old team doc, you know, wanted nothing to do with this. And I actually went to that school and it was just such a small world that he ended up, you know, coming to learn from me on how to integrate that into their sports medicine department. So it was a, it was a cool moment for me and justification that I made the right choice. Yeah, that's really, really cool. You know, it was a new doctor. So I think, you know, just like anything, people mm-hmm. progress, you know, there's, there's yeah. more innovative thinkers coming behind the old guard. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of, a lot of Western medicine doctors can be stuck in, in old ways. Sometimes, right. sometimes good, sometimes not. You know, I, I, I believe that within the sports medicine world, acupuncture was much less used um, 10 years ago. 
mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to now. I think it's really gaining a lot of popularity, and and that's obvious. The fact that I'm even working in the NFL, right, um, kind of shows how how the medicine has progressed over the last ten years. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's really fun to see that. Um, I so let me go back a minute when uh, your uncle Rick told you that he could help you. What, did he approach you or did you approach him initially? He approached me. He called me, you know, you know, to check in on me. And he was like, Dan, I'm coming home for Thanksgiving. We're both, we're from Columbus, Ohio. And I was, he's, he was in Rochester, New York. I was in uh, Saginaw, Michigan. And, you know, we, we finally got to get together and I, I had seen acupuncture my whole life, you know, as a kid, whenever, whenever he would come home, he would hold court in, in my grandma's house and, you know, it would be a conveyor belt of family members coming in and out of the guest bedrooms and he was treating them. And, um, you know, when I graduated from acupuncture school, he, he passed the torch to me. He was like, I'm finally going to take a vacation when it's our vacation. You know? <laughs> so oh, I, yeah. I now have the duty of treating the family and he gets the day off. But, oh, that's um, good. That's so good. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe one day there'll be another one of us in the, in the line of the family that could take over for me. Yeah. <laughs> but he's been practicing for probably 30, 33 to 35 years now. So he, he's, um, well-versed in Chinese medicine. Uh-huh. So when he approached you, you weren't like, oh, thanks, Uncle Rick, but no thanks. Like, you had already been exposed to it and were open to Oh, the yeah. Treatments. I was excited. Mm-hmm. I was excited to try it. I, I, wanted, I wanted anything that would help, really. For me, I was in a lot of pain and, and frustrated. And, um, you know, he offered something that I didn't know if it would work or not, but I was willing to try it. And I was lucky it did. It, it made significant difference for me immediately. So much so that, I mean, it, it really like fascinated me. And I was, I was hooked after that. I was like, I'll do whatever you say, because that felt so good. Uh-huh. And um, I would call him and say, Hey, I've got this going on. He, we would FaceTime and he was like, I right, put the needle here, or here. And, um, you know, he, he really kind of walked me through it over the phone, which is, which is quite, it's crazy. Uh, and he doesn't do it for any, I just happened to be his nephew. So he did it for me. Yeah. Well, that is really cool how that led you to study, you know, exercise science and oriental medicine and acupuncture yourself. Were you, wait, were you already studying um, exercise science at the time? Yes. So this happened my senior year in college, the injury, and I was uh, just finishing up my undergrad degree in exercise science. I was actually um, on my way to get my master's at the university of Tennessee, I was going to be a part of their strength conditioning program and, uh, be a graduate assistant for them. Um, when all this happened, so I kind of made me change gears and I decided to go to acupuncture school instead. Okay. Yeah. So, um, when you were going to, um, the acupuncture and oriental medicine school, how are you feeling like emotionally? Were you still devastated about losing um, your out on the rest of your football career? Did any Oriental medicine um, mindset philosophies help get you through that, or or how? Where were you at like emotionally at that point? I I was excited about this new new challenge, but I, I also still had a lot of. Um, a lot of sadness at the way things happen and, and just 
you know, frustration with the system as a whole and, and having to have surgery over and over again, trying to get it right and not having that completely answered. And I was still kind of recovering at that point. Um, it took me probably about a year and a half to fully just feel like I'm, I'm, I've never felt like I did the day before I broke it, but um, to get to a point where I was, I was back to working out the way I wanted to and doing things like that. But um, so, yes, I still, I, it was a mixed bag for me and, but I was excited for the challenge and excited about this medicine. Uh, so I think it was just, it was a little bit of, of, like still looking back over my shoulder at what was, but also like kind of excited to see what was coming next. And, uh, you know, I, it really kind of hits you once you start having success in clinic and, and, you know, I kept helping people and this stuff was really working for them. You know, when you're in school, you hear it's going to work. You know, like this, if you do this, it'll help someone. If you do that, it'll help someone. But it's not really until you're in clinic seeing patients and seeing this stuff really help people that it gives you an appreciation for, for the last three and a half years of schooling you just went through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I'm sure it was so fulfilling to be able to see, you know, your clients and patients um, to recover from their injuries. So tell me um, when you were first starting out, like what were some of the, stories that got you excited well early on in, in practice you know you're just really trying to figure out what it is that works what doesn't work um and and what i found you know you graduate from acupuncture school with a degree in traditional chinese medicine uh and i was i was seeing a ton of uh pain in my clinic that was probably the primary thing that I saw. It was a little bit mixed bag back then. I would see a lot of allergies, a lot of um, you know, just general stress and depression, um, some some uh, fertility work, actually. Uh, but if if some of my friends listening heard me talk about fertility work, they'd laugh because mm -hmm. I've become such a specialist of, of sports medicine that, you know, now if, if someone comes to me with a complaint like that, I, um, I just refer them right out. Mm -hmm. uh, I say, there's a better acupuncturist in the world for that kind of case. If if you're here for like orthopedics or sports medicine, you're in the right clinic. If if you're not, um, let me send you to someone who is more well versed in that. Um, but early on, it was just you. You're like uh, you're good at everything, but you're not great at anything, you know. So you, and and that's kind of where I found my direction. I always knew I wanted to go more sports medicine, but it was finding the right teachers, finding the right people to further my education and so i did a lot of learning after i graduated and i studied from uh some really great acupuncturists uh one one of them his name is rich hazel and he's since joined my practice here in buffalo um, but he was he was the one that introduced me to motor point acupuncture which is uh, magic if if anyone listening has never had electrical stem on needles um it does things that nothing else can do when it comes to pain and activation of muscles. So once I was introduced to that, it was like opening a whole new uh, book for me in the world of, of needling and acupuncture. And I just dove straight in. And I really went from being more traditional Chinese medicine to uh, strictly orthopedic as soon as I took his first class. Mm -hmm. 
How often does somebody with a sports injury typically need to be seen to see results in acupuncture? In traditional Chinese medicine or another style that is called distal acupuncture where they're um, using uh, points not in the local area of pain, uh, you're looking at six to 12 visits you know, to get what you want out of that. Uh, in these orthopedic style acupuncture treatments, um, sports medicine style acupuncture, it can be as soon as one treatment. Wow. And, you know, my typical patient is only in my care from somewhere between one and six treatments before we discharge them. Oh, wow. So, so you get results very fast. And, and that is what fascinated me was how quickly you could change somebody's pain or change somebody's function. Uh, when you added electricity to the needle mm. and, um, and, and, or use the needle to break up trigger points. That was, those are big game changers for me and things that, that really grew my practice very fast. Um, Cause when you can, when you can treat somebody once and they feel instantaneous improvement and in strength and function, um, they'll listen when you say, Hey, I need to see you this many more times. And of course the more chronic a con- condition is, the, the, the longer it takes to fully fix all the layers of dysfunction that have been created. Um, but even, even then I've seen, you know, mirac- there more times than not, you're having a miraculous outcome with treatment with this style of, of acupuncture. Mm-hmm. That is really incredible. So tell me, um, what are some of the other types of modalities that you use in your practice that are, I guess, cutting edge or innovative that aren't in every typical acupuncturist practice? Well, I think um, the, the big one we kind of alluded to is this style called neurofunctional acupuncture. And it is um, the use of electrical stimulation and motor nerves. Um, so you needle motor nerves and use electricity through the needle to elicit a twitch response. Uh, and that retrains the muscle uh, via the sinovertebrae um, nerves to stimulate activation of that muscle. One of the hardest things for people to do when they're injured is to activate muscles. So if you have a a torn ACL, uh, for example, I see a lot of torn ACLs. uh, They spend the first like 10 weeks trying to get your vastus medialis obliquus to fire again. It's called your VMO. and they'll use padded stem on there and they'll, and they'll try to get the, the muscle to fire with stem and exercise. Uh, but it's very hard to get that to occur. But when you put a needle in, the needle effect with electricity, it takes it right down to the motor nerve. You can touch the nerve and stimulate the muscle from the inside out. And that has a much longer, broader effect in that tissue and creating that fire cycle again uh, and getting things to contract the way we need them to. So they can get stability back and get range of motion back faster in their knee. And, you know, it's all about on a timeline, like an ACL, getting someone uh, from, from an eight month recovery to a six month recovery. And wow. that, that can be done, you know, if you have the right treatment at the right time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're saying that sometimes it only takes one treatment. What do what do um, your patients need to do after they see you to make sure that it sticks or that they don't re-injure? What are some of the um, pieces of advice that you're going to give them to continue their recovery? Depending on the injury, um, we put every patient 
through an assessment. So I put them through a movement screen and, and I muscle test everyone to see what's not firing well in their system. If, if they have back pain, I'm looking at the hip and the uh, core primarily. So uh, research shows that anyone that has lower back pain has inhibition of the internal oblique and transverse abdominis. Those muscles are kind of like light switches for the body. They have to fire first and if they're not firing, uh, then that puts strain into the paraspinal muscles and, and the QL in the back and they start to overuse those muscles and it also shuts off as a cascade effect to then shut off the glutes. Now, if your glutes aren't firing, that's the biggest, strongest muscle in your body, then you're in trouble and mm -hmm. you're going to rely on your hamstring more and your low back more and you end up with tightness in these areas that you just can't seem to get rid of no matter who massages it or no matter who, you know, scrapes it. Um, but once you get the core firing again, it turns the light switch back on. Then you can change the balls, which are the glutes and the hips and the lower back and, and get those firing again. And if you turn on the glutes, then the lower back doesn't have to work as hard. So it's, it's a combination of things. So once I do that, once I figure out, all right, what's not working well, we treat it, turn those muscles back on, release whatever tightness has occurred in their body, maybe trigger points or such. And then I give them exercises. And that comes back to my, my background in exercise science and strength conditioning. So I'll give them various activation cues and exercises to do over the next week or two until I see them again. And once you make a muscle fire on the table with the electric stem, it's much easier to use it in real life and get it to happen when you're doing your rehab. So what we found when I was with uh, the U of R um, is once a patient had acupuncture, we would send them right into physical therapy and they would see immense change. The physical therapist would see immense change in their ability to do the exercises without pain and get the right activation, the right muscle to fire at the right moment. And they were able to progress them much faster that way. So I quickly became, they really utilized me uh, for pre-physical therapy activation. So they, they would send their patient, all right, I want you to see Dan before you see me. <laughs> and they would walk right into rehab, which was really great. That was a great model that we kind of developed there, um, which I eventually want to have in my private practice is to have rehab right on site so they can go right into a physical therapy uh, session right after acupuncture. Okay, so yeah. So usually, you know, as far as the same day treatment, um, I'll send them home, you know, with liniment. Um, I'll tell them to use heat over top of the liniment and, and, or do an Epsom salt soak that night. I really like magnesium and Epsom salt. I think it helps clear lactic acid mm -hmm. and, uh, kind of warm the area and get things moving. It's all about blood flow. At the end of the day, acupuncture, um, gua sha, liniment, it's, it's all geared towards bringing blood to the area and pushing out stagnation. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. That's so great. And you mentioned um, liniment. Um, what types of liniment do you like to use? I know that we just recently gave you a sample of yeah, our just products. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I've been using it on some patients and, I, and I've, um, I lo I've loved it so far. Uh, I'm waiting to get some feedback from some of the people I saw last week when it arrived. Uh, but my, my old tried and true, the, the, the liniment that I've used for years uh, that my uncle introduced me to, my favorite one is called Posamon. Um, I like the consistency of it. It's more oily in nature. 
So mm-hmm. I'll use that quite often when I'm going to do cupping or scraping um, because it, it, it'll help. Like, you know, I can glide. It, it acts as an oil uh, base versus some of the other liniments that I've used from a company called Camo in the past. Um, I like their tendon liniment and their their bone liniment for, for different conditions. Um, and I'll put that right on with heat over top during treatment. So uh, I'm a big fan of adding heat into treatment. Um, I find that, that that just helps warm areas that maybe in Chinese medicine injuries get, get defined as, um, you can have blood stasis, which is things are stuck there. There's inflammation in the area. So things aren't moving smoothly. Um, think of it like a bruise. Everything is gets stuck there. So that's blood stagnation. And sometimes a bruise goes away, but the underlying tissue is still like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's Chinese herbs that work great for for moving blood through that stuck, thick, thickened area. Um, and then, you know, uh, injuries can be defined as wind cold B syndrome, which is like someone gets injured on a wet, cold day. And that's the person that needs to like, move to Arizona to make their arthritis feel better. Uh-huh. You know, they just don't do well in the Northeast in the winter, their condition gets worse. So then you want more warming herbs to um to to help warm that area like the knee for example is like so many people come in and say oh you know as soon as it gets cold and damp out my arthritis just kicks up and so then you know i like to use liniments that are warm in nature for that and posamon's more i would consider that to be more of a neutral formula um it has warming and cooling but it's not one way or the other it's kind of like a do-it-all kind of swiss army knife mm-hmm that might be a little bit like our ancestors advanced formula, which is good for arthritic complaints. And also like martial artists, a lot of times who do iron palm training will use it because it does have like a combination of some warm and cooling herbs in it. So, yeah. So it's like that, that's like your Swiss army knife. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, which the, those did that gels are, are, so strong potent stuff yes yeah the other one that we sent you um our bruise juice it's good it has good cooling herbs it's um an anti-inflammatory product and then the third one is ho family which is actually more of like our all-around all-purpose pain nerve pain muscle pain any kind of aches Uh, and pains it's more um you you might feel more of a um, response to that immediately. So, okay. yeah. So that's kind of our all-around one. Um, I wanted to s- switch gears for a second and talk to you about prevention. So you're working mm-hmm. with the Buffalo Bills. Do you do things yes. like conditioning-wise in your practice? So when I'm with the team, uh, everyone kind of has a role. Uh, they, they have strength conditioning coaches, they have physical therapists, they have athletic trainers, um, they have massage, they, they get access to amazing practitioners of each individual field. So when I'm with the team, I don't, I have a, I, my role is to do acupuncture for them. And, and I kind of stay in that lane. Mm-hmm. Um, when they see me privately, I give them different advice for sure. But when I'm there with the team, I, I I'm there to do their acupuncture. And Many of the players utilize it. You'd be surprised at how many guys get treatment twice a week. Um, I'm in there with the team on Tuesdays and Fridays. So a typical game is played on Sunday. 
sometimes it's a random Thursday or, or Monday night, but I like to get in. I'm in there early in the week so that I can treat acute injuries, ankle sprains, things like that. And then what we've really developed is, is a Friday protocol for players where we do a lot of, even if, you know, they feel pretty good going into by Friday, most of the players, you know, it's like after a game on Sunday, you feel like you got in a car accident till about Wednesday. And then, you know, you can practice again on Thursday and then Friday, you're like, all right, I could potentially play in a game again. Mm -hmm. And by Sunday, you're finally ready. It's like this, this cyclical kind of just, I hurt, I hurt, I hurt. Okay. I'm ready to play. Um, And so acupuncture is used as an adjunct to, to help those guys, you know, recover faster. But Fridays are a big um, activation day. And that's kind of what I, as far as prevention, um, soft tissue injuries are 100% preventable. That's one of the areas where, where we've seen a lot of hamstring pulls, pec tears. Anytime you get a soft tissue injury, that's something that occurred either because for a couple different reasons, either you're not sleeping enough, you're not eating the right things, uh, there's excess stress in your life. So it's creating inflammatory markers or, you know, you're not recovering with the right things. You're not taking care of your body. So when someone gets a hamstring pull, one of the first things we look at is, is how's their activation in their glutes? You know, if they're, if they're not utilizing their glutes properly, they're going to pull from another muscle and then, you know, overwork it and eventually pull it. And the same with non-contact injuries like ACL tears. If you see somebody running down the field and they go to plant and they tear their ACL, that that was happening in their system long before they actually tore their ACL. Things were shutting off. So if we can keep the right muscles strong, the glutes being the key to, to all power in the body, uh, then guys are much less likely to have soft tissue injuries in games. And, you know, those football is one of those sports where you can't really prevent all injuries because um, you never know when someone's going to roll on your ankle or tackle you at a weird angle and your knee, you know, buckles. It just, that's playing the game, but to run down the field and pull a muscle that's preventable with, with treatment. So a lot of the guys have bought into that and um, I'll see 20 to 25 guys on a Friday uh, wow. to get their bodies ready for the game. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I bet they they love it. Um, with all of your patients that you see, what is like some overall advice that you give them so that they are like staying as healthy as possible? You already kind of mentioned some things like getting enough sleep, um, trying to eliminate some of the stress in their life. Well, I think it's it's different per person, but you know, you can't talk to an acupuncturist without hearing a Chinese proverb. And, and my, my, my favorite Chinese proverb is um, don't start digging the well when you're already thirsty. I think too many people wait until they're injured or wait until they're sick uh, and they get reactive instead of proactive with their health. Um, and, and I heard a, a quote a long time ago that resonated with me and it says, you're either going to pay for it now or you're going to pay for it later. Mm. And uh, it's a lot cheaper when you pay for it now in preventative medicine. And you know, if you're, if you're going to be active and you want to be active for a living, like in martial arts, for example, I see so many uh, chronic overuse injuries from kicking, uh, a lot of hip problems later on, groin problems, stuff that lingers for years and they don't address it. Uh, and I think 
if you want to be an athlete, even a weekend warrior into your 40s and 50s, the things that you do in your 20s and 30s uh, will, will greatly benefit you. Stretching daily, you know, getting eight hours of sleep, drinking uh, enough water, all those things. You, know, you don't have to pay someone to get enough sleep. That's something you can choose to do and shut your phone off. But when, when people come in and they have like three or four injuries, then we start looking at, okay, what's going on with your gut? You know, there's systemic inflammation here. You, sh- you shouldn't have injuries all over. Mm-hmm. So if you do, um, then we start looking at your diet and your sleep and your stress, because those are all reasons why you end up getting uh, lingering chronic pain. And so once you address those, the body can recover better and, and have a chance to heal. But when someone walks in and they're, you know, say, I have lower back pain. And then we start going through their history and they have diabetes and they're sleeping four hours and they're stressed at work. I'm like, your body is not concerned with your back pain. It's trying to stay alive. You know, you're in fight or flight mode all the time. You know? right. So we have to, you can't ignore that and, and, and just say, oh, I have, I have pain. Fix this when your body needs so much more. So that's when we start having conversations about, you know, lifestyle and, and, starting to change the things that you control, right? Doing some meditation, doing, you know, getting, making it a dedicated effort to sleep more and and stress less, which is easier said than done. But those are truly things that cause pain in the body. So you, you have to, you have to treat them, you treat your body well. Yeah, that advice is really priceless. And I'm sure it's helped a lot of the athletes that you've, you know, worked on over the years. Um, so that they can perform their very best. And that's, and that is the thing, you know, it, just because they're a professional athlete doesn't mean that they don't have life things going on. And those, you know, those little things can be the cause of an injury or be the reason why they're not recovering like they should. But, you know, one of the other things I see in a sport like CrossFit uh, is overtraining where, um, you start to hit a plateau in your training and instead of taking a break a week off or, or doing what's called a deload week, uh, they double down and they train harder and they do two a days and then their body just starts to break down and they show up in the clinic with all like tendonitis in the knees and elbows and shoulders. And then when I get down, I'm like, what, you know, what's your regimen? Like, what's your recovery? Like these people are a mess and they're not, um, they're not taking time to recover. You know, it's just as important as the workout itself is, is the recovery. And so, um, you know, then we start to just retrain their mind on, on not needing to work out seven days a week, you know, letting your body, uh, absorb what just happened over the last week in training and, and take that in and the benefits of it and, you know, kind of give yourself a chance to, to look back on it versus pushing to the next day and the next day and the next day. Hmm. Yeah, that must be so difficult when you're talking about competitive sports. You know, they just want to mm-hmm. probably keep pushing themselves to the limit as much as they can. Well, you look at it in in pro sports. There's always an off season, mm-hmm. you know, so they have time to recover. They have time to to take off and get their bodies right. And in football, the season is August to if you make it to the Super Bowl, February. And then you get about two months off. Then you come back for a little bit in the spring. Then you get another month and a half to two months off before August. Uh, 
Um, so they have plenty of time to recover from the wear and tear of the season. But it's more like general population, like CrossFitters and, and triathletes and marathon runners. They're the they're the ones that don't have uh, off seasons. They don't mm-hmm. know how to stop. So they they end up with most of the overtraining injuries. The the pro athletes are um, much better on their schedule. But you look at that in in almost every other sport other than CrossFit and running. Um, do people actually take breaks, you know, and, and, but in those sports, they just keep pushing and they're, they, they are the, their job security, you know, they, they will be coming in forever until they learn their lesson. Mm-hmm. Now tell me what you've done a lot of, um, training and workshops and clinics and things. Are you mostly training other acupuncturists how to do the same things you're doing or are you mm-hmm. just doing um, workshops for athletes so that they know what they need to do to like take care of themselves and what your treatments can do for them most of my workshops um, are teaching other acupuncturists the style of acupuncture that we do uh, it's not taught in school mm-hmm. uh, neurofunctional acupuncture is, is really it's advanced techniques within the acupuncture world uh, and basically you're graduating with three and a half years on, on traditional Chinese medicine. And, uh, you really, if you decide to go the sports medicine route, you would seek out, um, a couple different teachers in this realm. And, and, um, I think because of the work that I do in the professional sports, I've been, um, sought out more often to, to teach, you know, what I'm doing on these athletes. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm I'm holding workshops for other acupuncturists. Okay, and have you been able to continue doing that? Do you do it virtually, or are you still holding workshops? Um, we're not currently holding. I'm not currently holding workshops during football season. I'm I'm pretty tied up with uh, with the team in my private clinic, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't do much teaching this time of the year. Uh, and COVID's really put a stop to a lot of the seminars that we had uh, scheduled in the last year. Um, so we're kind of on hold. We um, we tentatively are going to Australia. And when I say we, I mean Rich Hazel and I uh, are going to try to get out to Brisbane and Melbourne uh, next year and teach there. Uh, we want to get out to Amsterdam again. We've been there a couple of times, but we tend to hold classes out in Amsterdam. And we'd love to have a couple here in Buffalo um as long as as long as we're allowed to have people in and out of the state mm-hmm. you know eventually right now new york's like on lockdown so right we're not right doing, uh, much of that yeah well it's sure been a privilege to be able to speak with you and for you to give us insights into neurofunctional acupuncture and the work that you do which is completely amazing i appreciate that yeah and if if anybody's interested in um, learning more about this technique, my uh, my Instagram is uh, bosa716, and um, my website is www.bosa716.com. And uh, you know, feel free to reach out. My uh, direct message me if you're listening to this and you need to find a practitioner in your area that does. If you're interested in trying that, uh, I can try to help connect you with with someone who does that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think more people need to have good, uh, acupuncture and, 
and they'll feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. And it's great. I'm excited to bring more awareness to this about how it can help so many people um, in their with their sports injuries. And we will also um, post those links to your Instagram and your website um, on our show notes page. And we will um, at plumdragonherbs.com. So we can also direct our listeners to you via that way as well. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, we'll let you get back to um, your life. <laughs> and um, I, I guess you're probably done for the day, but I know you're really yeah, busy I'm all, with I'm clinic. Yeah, I'm done with clinic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go go um, hang out with my miniature dash out now. So oh, we're gonna, so great! We're just gonna chill for the night. Yeah, I I was um my my own little dog thinks he's pretty tough stuff. He was making a little bit of noise. So, <laughs> anyways, thank you so much. We look forward thank to you. It was a pleasure chatting, today. posting this, and and hopefully helping other people to address their injuries in a new and exciting way. All right. Have a great night. Okay, you too. Take care. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to visit us at plumdragonherbs.com for show notes, a transcript, and links to things we discussed today. Also, if you could just take a moment to hit the subscribe button, you'll be helping us spread the reach of this podcast to others who could really benefit from it. Our guests have amazing things to say on staying in the game.